What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Checkpoint, a video game podcast, episode 15. My name is Tyler Hall. As always, I'm joined by Matt Drobot. Matt, how's it going? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well now that you can pronounce your words right. It's taken a lot of brain power to articulate right now. A lot of brain power in respect to just like how much you have available or to the average man. Uh, to me, I feel like we're running high on my RAM. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Well, you got to upgrade, you know, from... I got to download more RAM? <laughs> you're currently at PS3 level RAM. You know what I'm saying? Like half a gigabyte of like <laughs> not even DDR or whatever, you know? Yeah, we're it's not... Just, we're, not we're, even, we're locked at 30 frames. 30? You'd be lucky if you hit 12. Oh, man, I'm not even hitting the 30. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking... We all got dreams, you know? <laughs> Oh, you're not even at movie level. There are you levels. Know, yeah, you're not even giving me the 24. Yeah. I don't. What was it? The Like the Hobbit or something that tried to. What did they try to shoot in? Was it 60 frames? I knew they were doing a weird frame rate and everybody was like, this makes a movie look weird. I do not remember. I, see, I think I'm think I'm right. I did not see the last two Hobbit movies. I uh, just was not invested in the franchise. I think I own them, but I don't think I've watched them. High frame rate. What does this mean? In the motion picture, the frame rate or motion video, typically 24 frames. The field rate, analog television, video systems. So it's like 30 frames, I think, is what they shot. That's weird. Or 48 frames. Why is this not giving me... 48, like, yeah. at least double. The Hobbit trilogy is in 48 frames per second. Why do that? I don't know. That's really weird. Like, because, like, in a video game, it's, like, responsive. So, like, things popping up and it refreshing, like, you need to happen. But, yeah. But a movie, I don't know if you need that, if that even, yeah, people said it looked weird. I believe that. Yeah, I remember it being so, a big controversy something you can kind of feel but not exactly put your finger on yeah it was i remember it being a controversy like i think people talked about or at least like ign did videos about it and stuff before the game or movie released um and so i remember it being on like my mind but i don't remember the movie ever looking like i don't think i saw the first one because everybody said it was kind of terrible but i watched the second hobbit movie and i don't remember it looking particularly bad but i also think i was pretty stoned at the time so Everything's kind of framey when you're... Well, to be fair, they also used a lot of CGI. So I wonder if they did that so that the CGI looked better instead of trying to keyframe everything in at 24 frames, make it look a little bit smoother at 48 and have uh, a lot of that CGI just look better maybe. Yeah, I don't know how that would work or if that were I don't know nothing about computer graphics or anything yeah i don't know whereas that would be my hypothesis a video game podcast you know very surprisingly little about computer graphics um are you playing any games or anything like that uh i jumped back into assassin's creed valhalla Um, okay sounds like it's like elden ring enjoying yourself 
I'm not just not in the en- way that you said that it, you can't be enjoying. Yourself. I'm not not enjoying myself. Okay. It's a lot. It's just so big. That's why I stopped. Playing I just it. did all the exploration. Like I'm 90 hours in yeah. and I am no like I'm 40 percent of the way done. Now, I did front load it with exploration. And so maybe it would feel less bloated, like following the story a little bit more to areas. But it doesn't. It is, it is just it is a big place out there. And I got I only got into the story as far as like when you get to that first port in England. I believe it. And then they I started to trying to do more. how I was doing, like how you were just describing. You try to take over whole areas at a time. Yeah, and you just clear. And so it I by. just was like, I got like halfway through that first area and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I did this take is- a break of 45 hours. So yeah, you, clearly- took a, you took a long break, like a long break to play. I did. Lotta Riders Republic probably went yeah. through Fallout once or twice more in between that time. <laughs> Put another easy. Um, and I don't and I don't want to say I don't enjoy it because they do have like the mysteries or like their side quest. Like they have some I wish they lean more into the myth. They have good ones like um, that are funny and like are use the uh, like game mechanics like not stupidly. And it feels a little bit more intuitive. And you're like, oh, wow, that was like a really cool mission, Ubisoft. And I've turned off a lot of the um, the HUD tracking stuff. So it is like me having to go read notes More Elden Ring esque. yeah and it's like obviously really simple where they're like "Ooh, I went to the graveyard next to so and so you're like well thanks for being super specific but and it's still on your map they just take it off of the compass um the uh the map does have like location names and so that's there um but it doesn't like mark it anywhere so if you're really high and not paying attention that's just gone. You're not going to know what that dude said. <laughs> he won't talk to you again until you figure it out. And yeah. you're going to have to uh, Google it because it's not helpful. But they do have a lot of good ones. The problem is the world is just so huge that it's that there's just so much dumb filler there as well that it makes those like less great. You know, like you don't notice that I've, that they're not shitty because I just had to do four of these super shitty ones. And then this one just wasn't bad and so you didn't get to see that it was kind of good and you were like man that's fair some good writing but um kind of big yeah well and especially like you're kind of almost guaranteeing a, a dilution of quality the more you increase a size you know the size yeah. of a game like that especially as massive as that game is i mean i bought that game because i was just like i have no ps5 really like ps5 games to play and it was i think it was a launch game and even then i was like "Eh, maybe not (laughs) um and it suffered a little bit from it obviously came out before far cry 6 but we kind of talked about it when we talked about far cry 6 is there's a lot of different like resources and like collectibles Mm. and i forgot what they like all did and so it was like uh, like remembering what specific wealth and that there were like three different upgrade screens and they did different things and to uh, like use that part of the game um, helped out a lot and made it a lot more enjoyable. But I also think they didn't explain that really well. Like they're like, oh, yes, use the blacksmith and get this. It's like, yeah, but like some of this is like wealth you find in chest. And it's like, I have four of these ingots like 
do I what gear do I spend it on when you're throwing gear at me all the time? You know? Yeah. And it was a weird thing of, or not a weird thing, but it was a annoying thing where it felt like I wasn't getting enough out of like enough of an increase in stats out of the things I was finding. You know, they felt too like, what's the fucking point of this other than to sell this? And not a great RPG. It felt really weird. It felt like such a mid ground because like looking at their skill tree, cool how they did it. Well, it's not cool. I don't like that you have to take like useless things so I can get to abilities that I want. Like, Mm. why do I have to take this, all these extra, like three extra like buffs to get yeah. to the ability I want. Yeah. Like passive stuff. And it's like, yeah. So it doesn't really um, like matter. And all of those are mixed equally among all of the different skill trees. So no matter where you invest, you kind of end up rounded. It's just what mm-hmm. abilities like you get. Well, not abilities because abilities are a separate thing that you have to find um, like the passive. See, it's just a lot. Yeah. And um, it does not sound enjoyable. Yeah, especially to compared honest. to like, uh, God of War that I've only played a little bit and I guess I haven't hit the entirety of their collection and like resource system but it felt more intuitive and I felt more confident processing through that than with Assassin's Creed because you just get so much gear. In Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Yeah. You, like, get, yeah, you pick up a lot of, of stuff. Gear, and, I mean yeah it's kind of off track but God of War's gear system while I don't like the UI and the menu system I think it's a little bloated and obnoxious the gear system in and of itself is cool because it all feels more meaningful like you can have a more defense oriented gear set basically or a more attack oriented gear set and there's like two or three you know that you're really aiming towards you know yeah and i think assassin's creed almost lost that like they have a ton of stats and they have a ton of stuff that butts different stats but you can't min max they make it all super arbitrary and make you well you, they make you good at everything no matter where you regardless. go. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's like, even if you are trying to specialize in something, you're never going to fail at anything. And so it makes it feel a little less meaningful. Yeah. But it's also like, oh, I could pick up anything and try it out and use it. And I'm not stuck to just progressing with this stuff, which is fair because they give you a lot of gear and it'd be super shitty if it was like, I, you know, use the hammer a lot and it's like, like, oh, here's all your, like, here's a dope spear. And it's like, well, I don't use spears. Why the fuck would you, you know, give this? And instead it's like, oh, I could use the spear if I wanted. And yeah, you're not like, uh, attributed out of using a spear. But then I find it very useless and superfluous that they have all these numbers and all these stats to try and keep track of, to make it feel more complicated than it really is because it's not up to where I can go and try to min max my melee, you know, stun stuff like you kind of can. But you're ne- again, you just are never then bad at anything. So you're not really, you know, failing. It's just a slight flavor on top and you wouldn't need nine different skills or in like stat things yeah. to portray that. And it just makes it, you know, bloated. Like and then if else. you have an incredibly well, because. That's another thing in it too, because if you have so many quests and a skill tree, you kind of have to either make, have a bunch of extra bloat in the skill tree of like passive bullshit in order to make the XP that you earn play out in a way that is manageable, or you have to, you're just going to be like, you're going to blow through that skill tree. So it's like, it's almost like you're shooting, the more content you have in a game like that, that isn't meaningful, the more you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So why are we having these teams 
waste their time. You know, yeah. like I want Assassin's Creed, like as you're talking about this, all I can think of, I want the parkour system and the combat system of Assassin's Creed of today with the attention to detail in the world and the intent of an Assassin's Creed 2, you know, like yeah. going back to Assassin's Creed 2 now doesn't hold up probably because they've changed, they've managed the parkour system and the, the climbing and shit so well. Cause I remember you almost, you could never go down. Yes. <laughs> like it was impossible, but like now there's a whole ass button system mapped, you know, for that. And, um, right. Like circle going down, you know, right. Like yeah. I think like actually get like, other than just like you would drop in Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah, now and then you try actually to hang like, on to something. Yeah, now yeah. you down climb. Yeah. Um, no, they've improved a lot of stuff. And I yeah, I think the place that they're lacking is that story. And I think it's they're a little lost after that Desmond arc and like kind of that founding Which thing. I never liked anyway. And I they, wish it was just. Don't hate on my boy Desmond. Well, you know, he wasn't fantastic. He wasn't super motivational. It got a little confuddled there, but I had that sweatshirt in high school and I thought I was the coolest fucking kid. Got that black one from Assassin's Creed Revelation when he's in the dream sequence. Yeah, I, I bet you did. I worked a lot of hours at that grocery store for me to wear something no one else got, but did I look fly? To be honest with you, you worked at a place where you wore something no one else got to purchasing a thing nobody else got. That's true. Um, no, I just, I mean, shout out to my boy, Nolan North. He's not really my boy, but he's, <laughs> he's a great voice actor, but, um, I never liked that. I always wanted those games. They could be mythological and, and mystical all they wanted to be. That didn't bug me at all. I actually liked that a lot as I got older, like leaning into the mysticism, but <clears throat> the, the modern sequences were just never good or cool you know especially compared to like i'm a 16th century assassin with knives on my wrists and now all of a sudden i'm some schizophrenic tech bro that can barely climb around it just doesn't it's not a good dichotomy you know yeah, that's true i just wanted to get back to the assassinating you know like i just met leonardo da vinci and he gave me a fucking flying machine and now i'm just like that's true. One of the best parts so far <laughs> is that I haven't been booted out of the Animus to do something yeah. and care about whoever's memories I'm in. Um, I, I just could, do, I yeah. could never get with it, you know, like I get what they're going for, but it just in, in the context of a game, that's something that you'd probably it'd be really cool to flesh that out. I mean, they did an Assassin's Creed movie that was awful, but like if you, they actually like fleshed that out in a movie in a way, like if that's like movie material where it's like you can make a real drama, a real serious drama about like the animus and the whole, well, you know. I mean, I would even think take some of those mission ideas that are super slow and stupid when you're in old timey assassin where it's like, yeah, dude, I want to be going around. I want to be assassinating people like, cool. Give me some like modern day tech stealth stuff that isn't like stupid make it splinter cell yeah, exactly <laughs> like one make a fucking splinter cell game yeah why don't we have splinter God, cell? <laughs> please make a good yeah. splinter cell that's game. never gonna happen no they're not they're gonna ride the name never for money again. and die because it'll be a live service don't don't put that on me Rick. <laughs> don't put that evil on me ricky bobby no it's gonna be a live service for sure but i see 
it's that's the tough part about Ubisoft games is I see all the potential and I was like, wow, I really enjoy this. I just wish that it wasn't that you aimed for like 60 hours overall. Colin Moriarty of Sacred Symbols keeps talking about how Far Cry 6 is a good game. And I just, it hurts me to my soul. I'm like, I don't under, he's like, that's a fucking fantastic game. And I'm like, sure, maybe if you're talking about like the game works, (laughs) it's a, it's a good game, I guess. But as far, it's just so bloated. You, Ubisoft is like a fucking, I just hate it. Well, even that, like, they always aim for the villains. I felt like the villain fell a little short on. They focused uh, more on the fact Far that it was just an actor instead of like. Yeah, which he did a phenomenal job. But again, like you can only deliver content uh, that is written. Um, and then also they like hyped it up to be like guerrilla warfare. And I feel like there were ways you could have done that more. <laughs> That wasn't just like, oh, do you want to buy what special backpack do you want? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. It it, like, that's it what you think? It just didn't pan. Um, It was not. And now they're even dropping the Watchdog series. Rest Good. in peace. No. Rest in hell. <laughs> that game was terrible. I loved the idea of it, though. Like, I liked the E3 demo. I didn't play Legion. Was that the last one? Yeah, that was the most recent one. And I didn't it play had Legion. bad sales. That's what it tanked the, the franchise. Funny enough, we used to, the guy, um, Adam, uh, the guy who made Astroneer. Yeah. Uh, that used to shop at Theorem. He uh, he worked on Watch Dogs for Ubisoft Toronto. Oh, nice. Or Ubisoft Montreal, whichever one. Yeah. One of the Canadian ones, but shout out to that guy. Wow. Astroneer was a fantastic game, though. Yeah. It was, well, like, it did what it wanted to do. Yeah, really yeah, well. no. That it was, and it's, and it was I'm gorgeous. surprised it's, it's still going pretty strong. It seems like it has its a good community. Yeah, they keep it's releasing content. I, I can't that tell sounds- if, like, I think it's thriving because I follow the guy that makes it, so he's always tweeting about it. Fair enough. <laughs> or if it, you know, but I, it seems like it's making money. I think they're working on a new game. But um, you've been playing anything else? It seems like you're just playing Assassin's Creed. No, pretty much just Assassin's Creed. You really hate yourself. It uh, well, you know, you put on the follow road, take me to the marker that's twenty five hundred meters away, and I just try to rip a bong bowl before I get there. Uh, it's really a time challenge. Yeah, you're really just like I was playing Elden Ring. Now I want the opposite experience. <laughs> Yeah, well, Elden Ring was really challenging, and then I was like, what if I boosted my confidence? And then I was like, I wow. I still am on the first boss. What? Not you, the Tree wa- Sentinel. No, yeah, yeah. Walk away from Mogus or Magus. Oh, I haven't just been beating my head up against the wall. I have walked away many times, but I keep coming back, and I'm like, nope. Keep we coming should back. get I'm good. Like, nope. I'm trying. I'm not saying I'm not playing it. I'm not saying they shouldn't put in an easy mode. I'm not saying any of that business. I'm not. They shouldn't change the game at all. Is that what you've been playing, or have you not really been playing too much this week? Uh, no, I've been I've been playing Elden Ring for the last couple of days. I booted up Devil May Cry Five today, and I've played that before on PS4, but they released an update to P- for PS5, and so <clears throat> I booted that up. I only played like twenty minutes, thirty minutes of it, real quick, just to I don't know, check it out. But it, it plays really well. Still looks looks gorgeous. It that game is just kind of a fun anime type you know just like it's just super bombastic and and wild demon killing you know just trying to get the best chain combo high score uh 
S ranking <laughs> on each encounter with demons. And so that's a super nice change of pace just to be like, the, the point of this is to change shit together and to do the most craziest thing. Whereas like I playing Elden Ring, it's just like, oh fuck, I can barely slash this motherfucker, you know? Like, so it's a cool, it's a nice visual change too, because it's like, I don't know, more, more hellish, I guess, and more different stylized, which oh, yeah, is nice. Sure. Um, I bought, Ghostwire Tokyo because it's on sale. So I'm going to uh, launch that, launch into that pretty soon. Um, I think I, I'm interested to see that's I've heard that's pretty much a collectathon though. Uh, but like one that's kind of got like a very, very Japanese feel. So that's what I'm kind of looking for. The, apparently that one comes across as very anime as well. I'm going to try to play it with the Japanese voiceover with the subtitles. I think that's going to be the way to go. I do agree listening to um, Sacred Symbols. I listen to the spoiler cast because this is a conversation, a little offshoot here. This is a conversation I got into with a coworker where he's just like, ah, trying to avoid Doctor Strange spoilers, blah, 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 blah. And I, I've, I've kind of more, through th after thinking about it for a while, I more agree with you in the sense that spoilers don't really ruin much. There's things that I'll avoid spoilers for, you know, or try to, but it's not like... I don't know. With Ghostwire, I wasn't really going to play it, I don't think. And then I sat and I listened to Sacred Symbols' spoiler cast of it, where they just went and talked about what they really liked about it with spoilers and everything, you know. And I was like, oh, I think I might like that if I gave it a try. I'll wait until it goes down by 20 bucks. And if it does, I'll I'll pick it up at that point. And then it did, <laughs> like, pretty quickly, which kind of doesn't say that it's selling very well, but... I know I don't think that PlayStation really set the game up for success anyways because it's uh Bethesda published. Yeah, the last. Yeah. Um but I think it's got a cool style and I think the idea is there, you know. And uh I figure why the hell not. Uh so we'll see how that goes. I've also what what else? I've been I know I Oh, Tiny Tina. I played like maybe an hour and a half, 2 hours of that. Um, it's Borderlands. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I don't think the writing has been very great since the first one or the, I mean, I guess maybe more the second one was where the writing kind of peaked because there wasn't that much writing in the first one. Um, it was less voice acted than the second one. The second one was way more story heavy. Um, which is, I think why I didn't like it as much as the first, I, I still have yet to beat Borderlands two. Like I've never beaten it. I've, started the game like a dozen and a half times <laughs> but i've never beaten the game and i think it's just because i'm like i liked the implied story of the first one you kind of just like you got the intro animation and you got you you showed up and everything was through the only cutscenes were the character introduction cutscenes, and then it was like you get your quest and you go you know and very much now Borderlands has is is like trying to be a story game, you know, and it's like it's not you're not great at it because the humor is good in writing, but when you voice act it, it's a little much <laughs> like the the butt stallion like nonsense. It's like all right, yeah. I get it. And a lot of that's all like uh like theming and stuff, you know, and you don't know exactly what the player has been doing like right before, you know, 
like some of these moments or how it played out, you know, it's not always great to have like frustrating or too easy of a combat. And then like you have this dense, you know, story, you know, like expression. And it's like, yeah, this doesn't land after I just did, you know, three waves of enemies. Yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, they just try to, they lean into the, that brand of com- the dumb comedy kind of a little, a little, I, I don't, I don't want to criticize it because it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? From that perspective. Right. I haven't played. So you either like, like Borderlands or you don't. And I like Borderlands. I'm one trophy away. One trophy away from the platinum in the Borderlands. And Borderlands one. One trophy. I just have to batten down the hatches and get like eight more levels to get to level 50 or whatever the fuck to get that. And then I got it. But I played the pre-sequel, fell off of it at some point. I liked it, but nah. Borderlands 3 never really got its hooks in me. I think I played, I put like 40, okay, maybe it got its hooks into me because I think I got like 40 hours into it, maybe 30, something like that, 24, somewhere between 24 and 40. (laughs) Uh, That is a very big difference. It's only 16 hours. (laughs) You almost double it. You're going from 20 to 40 pretty much. Okay. Yeah, 20 hours is a lot of time. That's a whole day. Almost a whole day. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you want to be fucking semantic with your fucking 16 hours, not a full day, but you want to have an error of 24 to 40? (laughs) No. um, And so, yeah, it's it's a good game, but it's we'll see if it sticks around. I don't don't know. I'm just I'm kind of glad we're about to hit like a point where there seems it seems like there isn't much coming out because it'll give me some time. I can't name anything coming out. I mean Saints Row is coming out in like August or September, that's but true. That's, everything's going to get announced in these. There's like no yeah, time. yeah, people are about to do their showcases and shit and I don't think there's anything crazy coming out. And I mean, it would be cool if like in June when PlayStation does a showcase or whenever they end up doing one July probably. It's June, July, anytime in there. And they talk about factions, The Last of Us 2 multiplayer. If that were just like, "Hey, by the way, it's out." You know, that'd be a great release, but that's not going to happen, dude. They that was supposed to come out day and date with The Last of Us 2. And then they were like, actually, the thing we want to do is way too in depth to also simultaneously develop like the way we wanted to with The Last of Us 2. So we're going to release it afterwards. The Last of Us 2 came out two years ago. <laughs> Where the shit is that? I think maybe you get a trailer announcing it. For 2024 2024 you're just trying to get under my skin no i just think you don't take that long it's already been two years yeah six years that sounds about right but they were also developing it while they were developing the last of us too yeah that's just like engine i feel like and concept like how like how far is development with development you know what i'm saying don't get your hopes up you're looking for you're looking for them to come out and be like boom 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 last of us two multiplayer wrong they're gonna come out and be like hey we might maybe still be working on it can develop sekiro and elden ring simultaneously but they're goats you don't think naughty dog in the field that they like in the portion of games that they are relevant in i just mean yeah fair enough whatever well, like I just mean, as in, like go, like you don't think that Naughty Dog, no, no, no. Naughty as far Dog as is a go with story. If you were like, "Yo, they're about to drop a banger," of honestly, Uncharted Four multiplayer was good. Uncharted Three multiplayer was solid. The Last of Us Part One multiplayer, whatever excellent. you're going through, you're gonna get through it. You've never even played it. You can't. No, I haven't. That's <laughs> The Last of Us One multiplayer. Literally had a set like a a dynamic where like if you did 
you would like get people into your like cult. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like as you're like doing well and multiple people would like leave or you, you, if you hard to explain. I can't explain it. You're just a hater, bro. You're just a fucking hater. You're just here to hate. Hater. Wow. Hater. That escalated so quickly. Hater. All right, let's get into the news. First story, Halo Infinite Season 2 released. Simply titled Lone Wolves, Season 2 comes after months of community members complaining that Halo Infinite is supposedly, quote, live service game that doesn't feel very alive. The multiplayer suite launched to much fanfare back in November of 2021, but that fanfare quickly turned to ire as players felt that while the gameplay was superb, the game itself lacked modal choice, initially allowing players only the option of multi-mode playlists. People also felt customization left plenty to be desired, and with the first season planned to last five months, a rare occurrence for live service games which make their dollar on season passes and new microtransactions, players didn't particularly seem to have much faith in 343 Industries, the current developer of the Halo franchise, ability to write the ship. We'll see if this new content scratches that itch. Launched on May 3rd, Halo Infinite Season 2 or has introduced the following. Two new maps, Catalyst and Breaker, and a new mode called The Last Spartan Standing, which is assumed to be a Battle Royale style mode, uh, and a few other modes new to Infinite but are considered classics among the Halo community, those being King of the Hill, Land Grab, and Elimination. I've personally fallen off Halo as the months have gone on. I, I played it almost every day for like a month when it released, but with uh, I didn't really have much reason to play it, you know, after it came out, other than like the core gameplay grab. You know, it was a really fun shooter. It felt really good. It just didn't have much content and it released kind of close to like Dying Light and then Horizon, Elden Ring. So I just haven't really, I don't think I've really even plugged in my <laughs> Xbox in a couple of months. It was just sitting at Taylor's house gathering dust. And then this was the whole game that I bought the console for too, which is not a good sign. No, I think they nailed it with like it released and everyone was like man you guys did it this is how we wanted halo to feel while we're shooting this is how we want to move across the map yeah this is great but you only have this single option and the customization sucked and the single like, player they just made was, far cry halo you know like it wasn't even it was like you go to this area of an open world map you clear it out you take over the base and then you have that base of operations and then you move on Wow. Yeah. Carbon it's like copy. you really had to make an open world for that. <laughs> Sounds like you just didn't have anything else. And you're like, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. Like it didn't feel very motivating to keep playing. And um, especially with the battle pass not being good. Like that's what you need in a live service game in order to make people come back. And if you can't. Yeah. It's yeah. You want people to commit a big chunk of time. And so. You're, they're pretty much saying, hey, these are the things we're going to give in return for your time. And they weren't well, you good have enough. to buy a battle pass. So it's like it's you not only your time investing your money. money. Yeah. yeah. Like and it's going to be bad. And then your microtransactions are like twenty five dollars for a suit of armor. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, uh -huh. at least with Fortnite, it's like, yeah, I'm paying $15, but I'm playing as Tom Holland. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little bit more to it there. Yes. Than, like, you just get a random Spartan armor that is kind of just mids anyways. Like, it's not even good armor. It's not even cool. How much can you do with armor to make one armor set worth $20, $25? Doesn't make any sense. And you'd only get, like, one set. It's not like you're selling five sets of armor for 25 bucks, but they only come as five, like five pack, you know, like I'd get that in some sense, but that's more value. Yeah. And really the thing about skins is it's 
to show off because like you don't see your skin like i guess you do in fortnite because it's not a, in, in 3d halo but, but halo it's to show off to other people right it's a status symbol in it right and it doesn't really matter if it looks good if it implies something to other players right like if you still have a symbol or like this awe with it you know it feels like they've earned something or it feel you know right it's gonna say something and they just didn't do that you had poor gameplay uh not gameplay you had poor skins i was about to say that was the one good part <laughs> you had poor skins that like didn't look cool so people aren't wanting to buy them for that but then they're not like because you have these playlists and it's not even like king of the hill and uh these classic halo modes it's not incentivized to be impressive to other players either, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's like, that's not $25. I mean, like I said, I spent three, what, $300, $250? I don't remember how much that cost. I think it was $300 on a, on a whole console just to play Halo Infinite because I was excited for it. It looked good. Like, I mean, it didn't look good from a graphical standpoint necessarily. There was a lot of memes about the textures of certain things and <laughs> the fucking guy's face or whatever the hell but it looked good from a gameplay perspective and everybody that talked about it pre-release that played the game said from a gameplay perspective it was like incredible and it felt really good it felt like a return to form for halo and i had i had faith that they would pull through and they also announced it was you know free on game pass and all these other things so i was like barrier to success should be low but it was just such a framework of a game well in uh, regards to the multiplayer it felt like more of a framework than it did well, and you don't, you're not going to, you're going to delay the game a dozen times and it's not going to launch with Forge. And it's not going to launch with co-op and co-op still hasn't come out and it's not going to come out probably until at least August. It's like, what the hell? This is some mismanagement for sure. I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Who's Does like 343 get rebooted? What's going to, like yeah, what comes of it? Or not allowing decisions to be made, but yeah, it's definitely not resulting in. Is Microsoft content. really that? that bad at managing studios that they like man i hope with halo this is the best that they can do maybe they need to manage 343 more because i feel like they've bought a lot of studios and not interacted with them and they do or maybe well. that was the point of them buying bethesda was more like hey our current structure isn't great at management we kind of want to integrate your you know you already have a tendril of studio you know you have, yeah that hand uh good publisher yeah exactly maybe we a can lot of studios integrate like your you know your publishing quote-unquote with our management or whatever and and try to get that going because they really know. bought zenimax we always say Bethesda, but they bought you know a lot of things with that and oh yeah um maybe but um something needs to change so hopefully season two brings that back if they release a battle royale which it sounds like it it will either be memed oh. to death and kill it or it will be the new king so it's already out oh is it yeah yeah it came out on the third and it's uh <laughs> more of the same oh rip yeah no uh no real improvement it's just kind of falling flat so that's why I haven't heard about. It. That's why I didn't even know. Yeah, knew what was coming up. Didn't even realize. Yeah, you know today's Mother's Day. Yeah, did not know that. Did you call your mom? No, she called me. Damn. Yeah, son of the year. I at least award. texted my mom. We have a rocky relationship. I was like, that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much to say about Halo other than just expressing more disappointment. I don't think anybody really needs to hear that. Well, I hope just shows you can't just ride on titles anymore. Like, it's not just a nostalgia ride. Like, you can't just keep sticking these well-achieved franchises and just keep sticking their names on products and letting them be bad because we're going to stop buying. Yeah. Battlefront. Too. Like, I mean, we can just jump to that, actually. We're getting a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 
and it's a next gen exclusive. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be great. Claimed by Venture Beats, Jeff Grubb, and relayed by Video Game Chronicles, Tom Ivan. We're getting a sequel to 2019's popular Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Now, the working title for the game is simply Star Wars Jedi 2. And Grubb reports that the game is coming in 2023, stating, quote, Star Wars Jedi 2 is going to be a new gen only, where it's PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and then, of course, PC, Grubb said. One of the reasons, or, sorry, end quote, one of the... Read that. Uh, stating, quote, Star Wars Jedi 2 is going to be a new gen only, where it's PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and then, of course, PC. One of the reasons that they're going to be able to do that is because it's not coming out until 2023. The game is for sure now not coming out until 2023, end quote. That is exciting, as Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is largely agreed to be one of the few worthwhile attempts by EA to produce something of note while they had a stranglehold on the video game licensing for Star Wars. Now that Disney has opened up the franchise's license to any studio with a good pitch, Ubisoft's massive entertainment, and the independent Quantic Dream and other story developers are trying their hand at producing a Star Wars game. Out of EA's nearly 10-year-long exclusive access to Star Wars, it produced four games, DICE's Battlefront 1 and 2, Mode of Squadrons, and Respawn's Jedi Fallen Order. The only one anybody ever talks about as anything of quality is Fallen Order. I mean... Battlefront 2 almost ruined DICE. And I'm surprised oh, yeah. Battlefield 2042 has it. They should just take two out of all of their... Dude, except for Battlefield Bad Company 2. That game did really well for them, but they refused to go back. Anyways, <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, no, I remember uh, people doing for Battlefield 2 the math of the microtransactions for like how much you would have to play and spend to... like. Make get some of those make things. it worthwhile and it was it's like 90 hours no, just for darth vader like a hero yeah and yeah. it was like what um and it was like wow yeah you fucked it you fucked they had up exclusive so access hard. to the highest earning license of all time for nearly 10 years no one would have cared if you pumped out like two bad battlefield games if you had pumped out like just eight just like tons of games like if we just had had a plethora of options and it was just well, like oh man look at them they... just trying to profit off of the star wars name they have a new star wars game every year at least we would have had like one good at least, one yeah we would have had probably like a couple good ones you know instead of just the one you know you know like and it's like now we just got one which is fantastic respawn did an amazing i still haven't job, beat it i should probably i also have not beaten it but that's because i as such a compliment, I get blown away by the world. Like I just stop and stare at things it's really for pretty. so long. Yeah, they and did a great like, job with the gra- and the storytelling. It was super. I mean, it's really Star Wars. Like it's a- yeah, and the acting. I think they um really pull you into those characters, and they do such a good job of yeah. um portraying just like really some great emotion. Hundred percent. I don't disagree, and I like how um. Yeah, I just like how they used kind of more Souls-like combat, you know, with the dodging and the... I think I just think it's really smart because I, I just really didn't get into Force Awakens or Force Unleashed, I mean. Force Awakens. Force Unleashed all that much. I thought it felt a little stiff, whereas this feels... You're a little more agile with the dodging and I feel like that wasn't much of a thing until Souls games really kind of put... And that mainstream games were like, oh rolling around well, yeah like they that. got really popular great. and then everyone was like oh what if we did that um i kind of like the floor unleash games i think it fit it fits the characters because um 
I can't remember the name of the main character in Force Unleashed. Um, well, in Force Unleashed, just you're like a big, strong dude. Like you're just like this Sith guy. You're rolling around like you feel tough. And it's like, yeah, you're not dodging out of no one's way. You're yeah. stabbing them in throat. And then when you're Callum. Cal. Cal. Just like his build and stuff. Just like fantastic. And it feels great. And his uh force stuff is really cool. I liked the force echoes. It was Star Killer. Star Killer. Yeah, that's his last name. Galen Merrick. It was kind of cheesy, but the force echoes things was kind of cool. Because again, I'm a sucker for the lore of Star Wars. Like it's like you have such a cool universe to play around in that you could have placed any ideal planet anywhere and tie it in. Well, it's really just a testament and, to just how how much how far cool characters go. You know what I'm saying? Like just creating characters to make cool toys. It's like cool. Now I want to see that movie <laughs> with like, that weird alien. No. Literally, like, dude, they made toys for characters that weren't even in movies. Why? Because they, they looked cool. And yeah, kids they were will like, buy well, them. we'll just say that this was a side character. They just don't like, give a fuck. Do it. Yeah, create more. And that just created the universe. And then people were like, okay, well, now we can write books about this because this is all created. And then it's like, how does this tie together? You know, and it's like, that's fucking sick. That's how you do yeah. it. But now, nowadays, we just take what already exists in one medium and try to put it in another in a way that sucks. Yeah. Oh, just comic to, book movies aren't a hit anymore. Let's try taking video games that already exist and putting them into movies. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's try books. You know, yeah, like, why not just so write unin- movies? It feels just unintentful. It's not that you can't take a median and transform it into another. It's that it feels like you're only doing that transition because the first thing made money and it's not an intent. Batman to- is a comic book that is it works as a movie. Like it's it, you can get some cool cinema out of Batman. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the but thing. Like, there are cool movies that happen to have Batman as a character is the better way to say it, because there are good comics and th- like there are bad Batman movies. It's not Batman that makes it good. It's not comics that make it good. It's portraying that story. Correctly yeah, it has to be a film. Yeah. And so are you telling this Batman story correctly in the median? And you can feel when that hit or misses, you know? Yes. Um, mostly misses. Yeah, mostly misses with the live action. Maybe not so much with Batman, animation. but like Superman, Wonder Woman. Yo, did you watch Wonder Woman 2? No, you didn't. It's terrible. <laughs> no, movie. I it's didn't. It's a terrible movie. I remember inviting friends over that Christmas two, like two years ago or whatever to watch it. And we just were getting hella stoned and we all fell asleep. And we're like, we don't even know what's going on. This movie is so stupid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it did not hit. So I'm not really stoked for the Flash movie. And of course, they got to fucking bring Michael Keaton back for that shit. <sighs> How do you feel about. Uh, oh, we already talked about spoilers. I was going to say like they're just really busting out all stops for the fucking like Doctor Strange shit. Yeah, well. Here's the thing with spoilers is if I feel like a jump scare is a good analogy because it's like does a jump scare can like isn't as scary the second time you know it. But a lot of content for spoilers aren't jump scares like the thing that makes it emotional and intentful and great scenes aren't that you didn't know it was coming. It was the story and the motivation that led up to it. Some things. Yeah, it's oh, I didn't know that was happening. That happened. Wow, you know, 
I laughed. Yeah. You know, or got scared or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, if the spoiler is just how the story ends, it's like, cool. Uh, for me, it's the journey. How good are you going to tell me this story? Because I'll rewatch movies. We rewatch movies all the time. Yeah. Obviously, it's not just new stories last night. like you require. Oh, that is with uh, Hugh Jackman. Prisoners? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name. Dude, that's such but an I, 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 I picked it because of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's why. Because I was like. Oh, when he plays the cop. No, I Jake forgot Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Yeah, he plays the cop. I watched a. Um, because I'm trying to figure out how to do video essays. And so I watched, I was, I just was binging a bunch of different video essays. And one of them, they just did on, they did one on Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm done a bunch of different movies that he's in. And then I was like, damn, I really want to watch a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. So we watched Prisoners because Taylor didn't, hadn't seen it yet. So it's a good choice. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking a little bit about spoilers, and then oh yeah, I have no idea what's going on with the Marvel MCU. But it doesn't. It doesn't like to me. It's like knowing that like oh Patrick Stewart's in the fucking as Professor X. Like okay, cool, I guess. But to me, it's like the cool special effects and the setup and like the whole whole shebang. Honestly, no, I I'm not really into the Marvel thing really anymore. Anyways, either since Infinity War, I think it's all kind of been shitty. <laughs> I mean. They had a lot of shitty movies. Not a lot of. It's weird. Well, it just feels like they had a game plan at a certain point to end game, obviously. And I don't think they stopped and took a break to reconsider how they need. To, I think they wrote that midway through their end game arc and were like, we just need to keep it going. And I think they should have finished off that story taking a break and not lined up the next 12 years of superhero movies. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's weird how Marvel movies used to kind of be a sure thing in a way of like, it was at least like an 80 on Metacritic. You know what I'm saying? And then after. Well, every Infinity time it War, was like Endgame, they broke records. It was like box office record broken by the Marvel movie, broken by a rock movie, broken by a Marvel movie, broken by the Marvel movie. Yeah. It's going to be a sad awakening when and they start releasing them. And it's and like, they don't didn't do even, well. Didn't even, didn't do better than the one before. <laughs> That's going to be the new headline. Like. But I mean, we say that, but Star or Star Wars, Spider Man, uh, No Way Home or Far From Home, whatever the fuck, just made millions of dollars. I think it made a billion. That's true. Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, Spider Man slaps. Yeah, and that's that. Isn't he the most recognized superhero? Probably. I mean, he's Spider Man, bro. It's that's the answer. I think everyone gets like, yeah, that's Spider Man. Like, mean, um. Let's see. PlayStation Plus replacement to require time trials in all major games going forward. Um, in a story broken by GameDeveloper.com, but updated shortly afterwards, it's it's rumored that PlayStation will require all games to cost $34 at wholesale to have two-hour time trials. So you can assume games probably like $40 and up probably would have. Which... $34 at wholesale. I'm thinking weed industry markup. So I'm thinking like three and a half times. Yeah, like, whoa, no. Um, but 
We pay ridiculous. Game developer initially, gamedeveloper.com initially took a negative tone about the requirement in their article stating, quote, many developers were informed about the new policy via an update to Sony's developer portal. Our sources indicated they had not received any other communication about this change. The good news is these requirements are not retroactive and do not apply to upcoming PlayStation VR titles. The less great news is that if you're a developer planning to release on the PlayStation Store in the future, you now need to budget time and resources to create these new time trials. However, shortly after this was leaked, I believe, I don't know if it's still a rumor, or PlayStation confirmed it themselves, where they said, no, that's actually going to be taken on, on PlayStation's end to figure that whole thing out. I assume it'll be as easy as easy, quote unquote, nothing with coding is easy, but as easy in quotes as PlayStation just allowing the consumer to download every game above $34 wholesale to their PlayStation wholly and then putting a mark where it's like you can play this for two hours. Then at the two hour point, we're going to stop you, give you a screen that says, hey, do you want to keep playing? If so, buy it. And then you can just keep going. That seems to me the smart way to do it, the yeah. easiest way. And they've done it for games before. I remember Fez, which is something I was recently playing. Um, that game had the same thing where you download the whole game. It's a it's it is the game, but if it's the demo, it's just it locks you out at, you know, fifteen minutes or whatever, where it's like you can't keep going. If you want to yeah. keep going, buy the game. And you can buy the game and it just unlocks the whole thing right there. So it seems easy enough to me. It seems very pro-consumer and it doesn't seem very anti-developer if the PlayStation's taking it on their end. Yeah. Um, oh. And I think this is better than Steam, you know, because Steam, you have to actually buy the game. Yeah. Whereas this is a two-hour, is a time trial. So Yeah, you're requesting a refund, which is a very different kind of tri uh, transaction or yeah. requires a transaction where this doesn't even required transaction i hope they do pretty much just what you described would be incredible and super pro-consumer because uh, especially with video games it's so hard to know if you're gonna like a game yeah and it, it's super shitty to give only like 30 or 45 minutes it's like man the opening cut scene was fucking 15 minutes yeah. like how am i supposed to know if i enjoy this game yeah, you're playing you know? a Kojima game. The opening cutscene is 45 minutes. You're like, <laughs> I didn't even finish the It's cut like, would scene. you like to buy the game? You're like, I just know that this is going to be trippy as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, haven't figured anything else out. And I think should do better sales because I think you're less likely because like with Steam, it, you know, it's kind of like them buying it and then being like, oh, I don't like it. And then having to get money back where now it feels less committal on the consumer part and then you get to put your money and invest in it i feel like if i spend money and i'm playing it in that two hour time frame and it isn't going well that i want to return it like now i have these really negative feelings that i was like oh this didn't hold up and i regret it compared to um setting up a time trial and being like oh if i didn't like it you know i didn't like it but i don't feel like i've made any poor choices and instead, I feel like I could play a game I wouldn't like, like I would get a refund on that I might purchase if I played it not having spent money. You know, that first investment of like, oh, I just gave you $30 for this. Hit me with $30 right away, you know, or $60 right away. Mm -hmm. and you you might get give that. it more time to brew. Yeah, and now I put two hours in. It's like, oh, this game feels like it, it has a potential yeah. for uh, money. Now I feel like I'm putting money towards progress and not... I've made an investment. Am I getting my investment back right away? Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will be a better thought process uh, for uh, consumers to look at developers. Like, I think that's a good thing for developers. Makes sense. And should, I mean. It's also like 
now you don't have to do like cre- spend development resources creating a whole ass demo like in vertical yeah. slides, you know. It's just the game. And that just seems more intuitive and and I hope I I hope to god that of everything that the that the PlayStation Plus supposed upgrade like provides like that this is like solid, you know, cuz like this sounds too good. <laughs> Especially for Sony, I was I was incredibly surprised that that that's what they were, that's the avenue that they were going. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, implement it. But they've talked a lot about having those like purchase or like help screens that like pop up while you're playing games to uh, incentivize buying or microtransactions. So well, they do have yeah they they, with their do something similar. PlayStation Five UI, not new at this point. It's two years old. It's, it's, but uh, is it two years old? Did it come out in 2020 or 2019? 2020. 2020. November 2020. So it's a year and a half. Um, yeah, coming up on two. But uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, the UI with the tips. They've got like little things in there for like trophy tips and stuff like that. And so, yeah, maybe it's, we'll see how they increase the breadth of their bullshit but on that same note um they they are blocking ps plus and ps now subscription stacking ahead of the planned subscription upgrade in june initially um well here according to journalist tom ivan for video game chronicle quote a growing number of ps4 and ps5 owners have been unable to redeem prepaid subscriptions over the last few days and the issue appears to be widespread based on messages sent to playstation's official support channels in reports on forums including reset era while PlayStation has yet to officially comment on the matter, a number of affected users claim to have been informed by Sony customer support representatives that the company has temporary, temporarily blocked subscription stacking. Um, they PlayStation came out officially and said for a minute that they were blocking subscription stacking. However, now they've come out and given a more comprehensive plan of subscription stacking upgrading. So now instead of a one-to-one transfer... Anything happening that has been input, I think, like after now, will be like a year of PlayStation now translates to like two or three months of play, like depending on which tier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it it's just basically to the dollar value of what. Yeah. They're just trying. Because initially they were like, well, we'll transfer everybody up to the highest tier that has PlayStation now. And it's like, well, everybody was like, oh, fuck, because it's because initially um, PS Plus subscription tiers launch uh, PlayStation Now subscribers will be migrated to the highest tier. Um, OK, which was a which was a nice thing for PlayStation to do to be like, oh, if you had this previous subscription, right, right. we're going to give you the best of the best. And then everyone was like, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. And for context, one year of the highest tier of the new system costs one hundred and twenty dollars per year. Whereas PlayStation Now traditionally has been $60 per year. Hot diggity damn. Everyone thought they were about to get half price. Yeah. I wonder if Sony, yeah, they obviously only thought about that after saying that statement. And then I wonder if someone was like, hey, so we noticed someone just redeemed seven years of PlayStation Now. 100%. Uh, Well, because they talked about that on Sacred Symbols, like initially of just like, yeah, you could just go buy cards. And and yeah, I wish I would have been a little faster. But, um, <laughs> hey, good on you guys who fucking got it. But, I mean, I'm more interested to see how this all pans out. Like, as far as the upgrading goes, it's going to, it's rolling out in June. 
with, uh, I think Europe gets it first and then, or Japan, Japan or Europe gets it first. And then the U S um, on the 13th of June, I believe I'm not holding my breath that it'll be successful off the bat. I mean, PlayStation plus was a cool, cool for the time thing that they came out with. Granted they had to after, uh, the PlayStation network outage and all that shit that happened where it was down for 23 days, yeah. <laughs> which it's wild because at the time I remember listening to podcast beyond rip. I mean, they're still around, but it's not good anymore. Um, and, uh, I was, I was trying to find a classic beyond logo t-shirt to buy. Cause I just really want to rep that shit, but they just have the new logo that they have. And it just says beyond with an exclamation. I'm like, I just don't like it. Cause it was the IGN logo that said beyond in it. And it was simple and it was stupid, but it just was like reminiscent of that era, you know? Yeah. And now it's just text that says beyond with some PlayStation logo. And I'm like, everything's going simple. Give it like six years and then we'll all go back to being super intricate logos again. Yeah. I, I remember listening to them in that era, watching, I watched G4 um, at the time on TV, which was wild. Like I watched, sorry, I didn't watch G4. I was watching Attack of the Show and X-Play on G4. And so it's not like it was its own, you know? Yeah. It wasn't a show. It was a network. Yeah. Because it was a literal TV. <laughs> and it was good then too. I mean, good as, you know, it was good to me <laughs> watching Relative. Olivia Munn jump into that pie. But it felt like it took three months, three, four months for the PS3 outage. But no, it was only 23 days. I didn't even have a PS3 at the time, I don't think, which is even funnier. Like I didn't even have the console, but I was still like, oh, fuck. I can't believe PlayStation's still out. Which is a testament to how good Beyond was at the time for being a PlayStation podcast, similar to P.S. I Love You. I've listened to both of those shows for dozens of episodes without having PlayStation consoles in my household. And and that's 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 just how good they are. Maybe not so much anymore, but <laughs> I just, I've tried. I've Anyways, I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you have to say about this other than my, after my schizophrenic ranting? Um, Nothing more I said. Like, uh, obviously, PlayStation has to get a hand of it because I don't think we all need to scam Sony for trying to do some things. Yeah. Um. You know, because they are trying to do some good. I hope doesn't feel like a horrible cash grab. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, too, because the three new tiers include an essential tier, which is what you are, what we already have. If you have PlayStation yeah. Plus, um, and it's ten dollars a month or sixty dollars a year, exactly what it already is right now. It includes online multiplayer and two free games a month. I mean, free games, you know, respectively, if you're paying $10 a month. But that's that's one less game than you get right now. You get three, we get three games a month for PlayStation Plus at the moment. So it's one less. So, that, I mean, that is saying something. But other than that, it's pretty much the same service. Um, the next tier up is the extra tier, and that costs $15 a month or $100 a year. And that includes everything in the essential tier, as well as, 400 up to 400 PlayStation 4 and 5 games that you can download um, with the premium tier offering all of that but also 340 or up to 340 which is a weird number PS1, PS2 and PS3 and PSP games to download or stream the PS3 games being the exclusive to streaming due to their like being locked to the cell yeah. processor that the PS3, which is ev exotic even by today's standards, is an incredibly powerful processor, just impossible to develop for. <laughs> um, and they launch on June 13th in the US. It's interesting to me, though, sitting here looking at this, that the PS4 and PS5 games 
cost less money for the subscription than the retro games. Like, I think they're because they're trying to go off the nostalgia. No, a hundred percent. I get it. But like in any traditional sense, you'd think like more modern games would be more money. Yeah, but you also usually think vintage things tend to be more expensive on Fair some enough. aspect. Like, yeah, I guess that more weird, work like, does have to go into trying putting to, the PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP games on. Yeah, you have to do a ton of porting, make it feel good. Uh, change all the controls yeah, so that they're I, controlled by the PS3 new streaming tool. is gonna suck though they were talking about this on Sacred Symbols but it was like the possibility that they announced that later on you know like they're just not putting all their eggs in one basket right now you know what I'm saying they're not like True, it's every, they're leaving a little more room to be like and hey, now <laughs> we allow PS3 streaming I mean, PS3 download games, you know, I would finally play Metal Gear Solid 4. It might be something they're working towards and just can't get, you know, like they're trying to solve they're, that yeah, problem. Yeah, they want to get this service out. And they're it's like, like this yeah, how isn't long working. Okay, let's just get it out and then we'll put this out later on. People aren't going to be upset that it ends up coming out. We'll just take the brunt of this, whatever people are mad about, about this now figure it out possibility fingers crossed It'd be yeah. even crazier if they added trophy support to games that don't already have it like ps1 ps2 and many ps3 games because i don't think don't developers determine trophies yes but I, I think at this point if they're going back and one they're going through and updating them for roms or putting the you know emulating the games you can also put trophy triggers in games you know no yeah, yeah. i don't think it's that but like just like is it them determining the trophies you know like, I feel like you'd have to go back to all the game designers and writers and be like, hey, what do you think are achievements? Otherwise, you're going to end up with just a ton of story achievements, I feel like. Well, yeah, maybe, but like or complete like, this game. <laughs> just like 100%. And it's like, those aren't fun and motivational and just feel like a bleh. Yeah, we'll see. But it's a cool in theory. I'm not a trophy whore like you. I, I mean, I, I've thought about buying a Nintendo Switch many times because I really want to I really want to actually get into Zelda Breath of the Wild and Link to the Past, like the remake one that they did that was like cute art style. I don't know if it was Link to the Past. It was like Zelda 2, Link's Awakening. That's yeah. what it was that they did. I really want to play the new Kirby game that just came out. I really want to give Octopath Traveler a try, the Square Enix uh, weird looking pixel art, strange JRPG. There's a lot of games on the Switch that I want to try, but none of them have trophies, so I can't. I just there's no meaning to them. There's no meaning to playing the game at all unless you're unlocking trophies. I that also occurs to me in games in which I have accidentally had the PS4 version, bought the PS5 version and then just auto popped all of the same trophy cuz you can do that in some games like Miles Morales or whatever or, or Spider-Man if you play the PS4 version, you can pop all the trophies in and the PS5 version and, you're and like, then fuck, I wanted to earn not, all No, those yeah, cuz then it's like fuck, now I don't have the motivation to go through and play the game again without popping those trophies. I'm psychotic. I get it. It's no. very much because I've been listening to Colin Moriarty since I was 12 years old probably and that has just I've just latched onto that somehow now it's too late I've I've adopted his psychosis it's unfortunate but it is what it is nah. <laughs> it is nice to get rewarded for doing those I love those trophies things. they're great I like going through the list I like going scrolling through all my fucking games seeing the platinums it just feels great it's just something extra yes it's nice to 100% a game and that in and on itself in and of itself is a cool feat in you know on its own but getting a reward for 
hundred percenting what this list, you know, this list is like super satisfying, super satisfying. I and mean, that's why yeah. I'm addicted to social media. I mean, I like think that's that. just like a gamer thing though. I mean, achievements came because people were replaying these games and they were like, bet, I bet I could do this without getting hit. I bet, you know, I bet I could get yeah. all of this. And then game developers were like, cool, here's what we thought would be the challenging thing of it. Yeah. Not all, not all achievements are created equal. Well, they were talking about this on the most recent episode of Sanger Symbols, but Stanley Parable just released for console and um, oh, for con- well, it's never oh, been on console, console before. And they just released and the trophy list is a meme. It's a uh, awarded for getting, get your first trophy, awarded for getting any of the other trophies as your first trophy. So you get two trophies automatically. Test trophy, please ignore. Test trophy description, replace this. <laughs> Quit the game and then start it again. You can't jump. Press so just press X to try to jump. No, seriously, we disabled it. Commitment. Play the Stanley Parable for the entire duration of a Tuesday. So twenty four hours on a tu- just a Tuesday. Oh, just play on a Tuesday. Well, the entire duration of a Tuesday. So twenty four hours, but Tuesday. No, entire duration of a Tuesday. Yeah. So yeah. Tuesday is 24 hours long. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, 24 yeah. hours, but it has to also be on a Tuesday. I don't think it has to be on a Tuesday. I think it's just No, it has meme. to be on a Tuesday. Why do you say that? Because that's the, that's the trophy. There's also another trophy that says, don't play the Stanley Parable for 10 years. That's funny. Yeah. So there, there's multiple clock trophies in here calendar trophies yeah no i just don't know why it doesn't say play on a tuesday play the stanley parable for the entire duration of a tuesday yes it's not saying play the stanley parable for 24 hours saying play it for a whole tuesday yes but i think the name of it is a meme i think it's a meme why would i this is arguably the most tedious trophy in the game you have to leave the stanley parable altered deluxe running on your ps4 or ps5 system for a whole total of 24 hours of a tuesday Okay. That's how to get the trophy. That's what I was saying. You don't need to actually be playing the game. You just have to leave it idle or paused. You must run the game for 24 hours of a Tuesday. Changing the systems clock doesn't even automatically unlock the game. Damn, they went deep. Anyways, it's just a ridiculous list. So it's just a fucking, yeah, they're not all created equally, you know? Like this one is, yeah, don't super, super go outside. Don't play the Stanley Parable for 10 years. Set all settings sliders in the menu to all the available numbers. What the fuck? Well, have you played Stanley Parable? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've started it. And I haven't gotten very far, but... Oh, then. Complete it in under four minutes and 22 seconds. Probably can do that. Click on door 430 five times. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, they're fucking with you. Yeah, and this one's just eight. That's just what is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's on brand for the game, for what the game is. Like I was sitting there and I was like, don't press the button. Don't press the button. And I just kept pressing the button. Or go. It was like, go left. I went right. I was like, what? You clearly don't know how to listen. I know. And then he just talks. He's just talking shit. Do you want to talk about Diablo Immortal at all? No. I don't have any problem strong opinions we'll see we'll see how it is it's just a mobile game console level pc level on mobile also coming to pc we'll see um but i'd say that's all we have for today uh you have any more thoughts on stories or anything interesting you coming up 
No. Hopefully be done with AC Valhalla. You won't be. Uh, thank you for joining us. This has been Checkpoint, a video game podcast, episode 15. Remember, CheckpointPodcast.com, just the $1 gets you the podcast early and allows you to write in comments to be featured on the next week's episode. Adios, amigos. Ciao, ciao.